welcome to episode two of Not Your Mother's History Class. Hey. Um, I'm Sydney. I'm Caleb. And this is Nova, who just insisted on appearing today. So um, she's our little special guest that I'm yeah. sure will be dipping out in a matter of 25 seconds. <laughs> so today's topic is a really heavy one, and it is very sensitive for a lot of people. So we totally understand if you don't want to tune in after hearing the trigger warnings. That being said, trigger warnings, animal abuse, animal death, and also war. I will say that I have no intention of giving any kind of graphic detail or description of any anything regarding um, animals or, I mean, even people. I'm not going to go into gory details because that's just not the point of this. So I, I will say that the topic of it, the subject of it is sad, but I'm not going to describe anything that would, you know, make you sick to your stomach or anything like that. So just be, you know, you're, be warned that it, it is covering um, animals and animal abuse, but we won't be going into any kind of graphic gross detail. So for today, I'm going to be the one sharing the research that I've collected um, about this topic, and Caleb hasn't really heard much about it, so he's going to be tagging along to kind of react as we go. And next week, it'll be Caleb's turn to share something yes. with me that I've never heard before. Mm -hmm. I, I really like that that idea to kind of too. Uh, yeah. go off of each other, you know, week by week. All right. So what we are talking about today is anti-tank dogs. Now, this is probably something you have not heard of before, but it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. Um, it starts in 1924 when the Soviet Revolutionary War Council authorized the use of dogs in the military. So it starts as far back as 1920s. Wow. But uh, the main kind of part of the story doesn't really uh, start until World War II. Okay. So, which is, correct me, World War II was what time period? Early 40s. Early 40s. Yeah, okay, ended in 45. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought, but dates are not really my thing. So, what you may think of when you first think of dogs used uh, as a weapon, essentially, in war, you're going to think search and rescue mind detection, attack dogs, that sort of thing. Right. So not in this case, unfortunately. Because in those cases, hello, Nova. Hi. In those cases, those dogs were typically, I would say for the most part, left hopefully unharmed. But again, that's not the case with, with what we're about to go into. So the plans to use dogs as bomb dogs or anti-tank dogs started around 1930, Okay. But they weren't really implemented until uh, the Soviet Union wanted to use them as an act of desperation against the Nazis. So right. World War II, right? Mm -hmm. Whenever the Nazis invaded Soviet Union, right, and it was it was pretty rough, and yeah. you know they, they were really powerful, and mm -hmm. so truly an act of desperation to to want to use dogs in this way. So you're probably asking now, what is an anti-tank dog? What am I talking about? Right. How what are, are they these... doing? Right. Mm -hmm. How how are these dogs being harmed? Um, mm -hmm. And essentially, the dogs had a bomb. They would have a bomb strapped to them um, with a lever on the back of it that they and they were trained to dive under German tanks. Wow. Um, and in doing so, it would it would um, push on that lever, and it would. However, the mechanics of it. I'm not about to pretend like I know what I'm talking about with the mechanics of a bomb. I get the gist of it, yeah. Right. So, essentially, it would them diving under it would set off the bomb. And, of course, take 
the dog with it. That is insane. And incredibly sad. Yes. Um, Essentially, in the beginning, they didn't intend to have the dogs die along with the bomb exploding. They tried to train them to take the bomb, drop it, and come back. Mm. But the problem that that presented was that if they were on a timer and the dog didn't actually drop it, the dog's going to bring it right back to that handler. Yeah, that's... So that's not good. <laughs> not good as a So that was the first thing they tried, mm-hmm. was having it to where they would go and drop it and come back. Okay. Um, they had even tried to see if there was a bomb that had detonators where they could just press a button. That Re- way yeah. time wouldn't be a problem. Remote detonator, yeah, okay. But at the time, that was a very expensive thing. Detonators, Expen- like yeah. remote detonators were not like an easy thing to come by or no. a cheap thing to come by. Mm-hmm. So... Financially, didn't make sense for them to use uh, remote detonators, and they worried about their own safety and their own lives with the dog potentially bringing back a bomb on a timer back mm. to the person who sent the dog. So they essentially said, I guess we're just going to strap the bomb to the dogs and that'll be the end of it. Again, super sad. None of those dogs deserved um, to be put in no. that situation at all. No. I mean, it, it's tragic. But it... That's why we want to talk about it, because yeah. it's not something that I had ever heard of. When I read this, I was like, uh, with most of the things I've, I've tried to research for this podcast, I read the headline of it, and I'm like, that's not real. Like, that's not true. There's no way that they, it was a common use of, of dogs from the Soviet Union to just blow them up. No, I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that. Now, you're probably wondering, right, like, how do you train a dog to go run up under a tank? Yeah. Because that, that was literally my first question is how do you train a dog to do that? They would uh, just starve them. What? Yeah. They would just withhold all food from them for, and I couldn't find anything stating, you know, a, how long they would hold food from them or how long they were starving. But I guess they were starving them for a while because again, diving under tanks. Anyways, they would place meat or food up under these tanks as they were moving. And when they were training them, the tanks moved pretty slowly. Um, But they would see that there's food under there and dive under there. So eventually, after all this training, Mm -hmm. that's all they associated with these giant machines that they don't, they can't comprehend their dogs. Right. Right. And so that's what they would associate it with is food. So there is no fear there. It adds a bit of cruelty to the already cruel story to think that they had to starve them to the point to where they're not scared of these giant loud machines and they just see them as a reward for food like you would. It's so sad. It really is. It is so sad. And the other thing is that when they would train them, they would make sure that their surroundings mimicked that of like a battlefield of like gunshots, Loud. explosions, yeah. a ton of tanks going at People one time. People everywhere, I'm sure. They seriously conditioned them to not think twice about running oh, up under man. a tank for the sake of mm-hmm. attacking the enemy. So, yeah, super sad. So, in some cases, they didn't have the proper amount of time to train these dogs. And in those cases, more Soviet soldiers died as a result of lack of training those dogs than their enemy that they intended to to attack really because of dogs coming back or like yeah yeah I, I don't I don't know the full extent of of why that was happening but I can only imagine 
the dogs weren't fully trained, so there are going to be issues. But I did find that to be interesting, that in those cases of the dogs not receiving the proper training to make them do what they mm-hmm. wanted them to do, that it would actually backfire on them. I don't know if I and feel look, bad for them. No, I, don't. I don't either. I don't feel bad for anybody involved in this uh, on either side. Yeah. So let's make that perfectly clear. Also, if I'm laughing, I, I, that's it's just because... I'm I'm trying to make the whole tone of this lighthearted. I am not laughing at the content by any means. I just want to make that perfectly clear. So as I had said earlier, the vest that they would attach to the dog, it kind of looked like a service dog vest, which is so sad. It really is. But Mm -hmm. the difference, of course, is that there was a bomb attached to the back side of it, and it had a wooden uh, stick type of thing. Like a lever? Yeah, it kind of looks like a lever. Okay. You know, as it would go under the tank, mm-hmm. it would, um, the bottom of the tank would press back on it, which would release the pin. And then that's when, that's when the bomb would go off. So. So sad. It is really sad. And all the pictures, like, and I, again, none of the pictures are graphic. Right. Uh, it's just the dogs I, with, yeah, yeah with yeah. the vest on. It's, yep. they look so just innocent. It, it, it's just <sighs> so messed up. I understand that the Soviet Union was desperate you gotta wonder when it's too far they and that's the thing they didn't care no like that's the thing about war is that it's not like they were like hmm is this too far no and they are fighting nazis war yeah well war. yeah yeah so overall i think the most interesting fact though that i learned while i was researching all of this is that of course the dogs had to be trained on soviet tanks of course, it's right. not like they had access to the German tanks to, to be training them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Soviet tanks were diesel powered. Okay. Yeah. And dogs have a super strong sense of smell. So in addition to the food that they were associating smells with, with that mm-hmm. tank, they're also associating that smell of diesel. And so the German tanks, when they would send them to the German tanks, you know, in battle, those were powered, you know, ran off gas. Ooh. So there's a significant yeah. smell difference, right? And that, and that's and the dogs pick that up alongside the, the oh, food. So they're thinking, yeah. this isn't right. I'm not going to get the food. Yeah, because they're not smelling that diesel. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, even humans have like a like they associate smells with things too. Not yeah. not in the same way, of course, but it's the same concept. Just but you got to think with dogs because yeah. dogs have such like, incredible. A, it, Crazy sense of smell. Yeah. Mm. So because of that, sometimes they would attack the wrong tanks. Hmm. Yeah. Because they were associating that. They smell the diesel. Yep. Again, I'm not saying karma because karma needs to go all the way around on both sides. This is backfiring more so than. In this specific case, (laughs) that was karma. That was karma. But. Anyway, I really thought that was interesting. It is because I didn't their own even... plan backfired on them. Not every time. I don't think like it was. It was pretty successful. Unfortunately, the the whole use of dogs in this way ended up being pretty successful. So this didn't happen every time, but it it did happen quite a few times. Successful did... in saving human lives. Yeah. 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 So, thankfully, they didn't use them for too terribly long because by 1942, the use of anti-tank slash bomb dogs uh, decreased significantly, uh, mostly because of the advancement in technology, um, the innovation and effectiveness of newer weaponry Mm -hmm. uh, that didn't include them having to train a living, breathing 
thing uh, right. to fight their wars for them. But yeah, so thankfully they they didn't use them for a long, long time, and right. they realized yeah. that it. See, to them, they just stopped using them because it wasn't effective. However, uh, we're just thankful that not more dogs had to die. So yeah, I, I just find this entire thing to be insane because yeah. I, how have we never heard about this before? No, because I'm someone that I would consider myself a history buff nerd, especially when it comes to military history and mm -hmm. World War II era, and I've never heard of this. Which is wild. And like he yeah. he can talk my ear off about some like military history and stuff, and like I listen and it's like super interesting, mm -hmm. but this has never come up for no. sure. <laughs> so I've heard of stuff, unfortunately, you know, with horses, yeah. but never dogs. That's yeah. I've heard of them using as like sniffing mines. Yeah, but. Never yeah. becoming a mine itself. It's, it's so, so sad. It is. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode two of Not Your Mother's History Class. We hope you learned something interesting, although sad, today. Mm -hmm. uh, something that you can uh, share with other people or tell them to tune in to us. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to tell it, let us tell them, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, in two weeks, we will have our next episode that Caleb's going to be leading. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, which I'm super excited for because <laughs> I talk a lot. So to have someone else be able to talk and tell me the information, I'm just like super excited. Just sit over here, keep my mouth shut and just react. So I'm going to be sitting right with you guys while you listen and hear these things for the first time. That's mm. going to be me like Caleb was today. So yeah, tune in for that in two weeks. Uh, topic TBD because Caleb's got to do some research. So if you're listening to us on Spotify, thank you so much. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello. And we're so glad you got to see our cats this time. Yeah. Uh, I had a specific request from a friend to include our cats. So Nova was sure to make her appearance. You're welcome, Reyna. Um, so yeah, if you're wa uh, listening on Spotify, be sure to watch us on YouTube next time if you can. We'd love for you to see us. I uh, wish we could see you, but we can't. But anyway, um, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.